Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive at 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. Welcome to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. Man, I was confused for Are a we minute. Do it again? I thought we were going to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't understand, you will shortly. So guys, it'll be sooner when our listeners actually hear this episode, but we are three months from Christmas officially. Goodness. That's insanity. Three months sounds good. Three months means I got a lot of work to do, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get bogged down and stressed out, and I am just going to enjoy it. I'm committed to enjoying it too. I didn't say that, meaning, oh, I got a lot of work to do, guys. It's I kind of want to start now. (laughs) <laughs> I, i'm excited the build-up like i mean the build-up's better for me anyway than the day itself well at least mm-hmm. the night itself that's what sarah said <laughs> <laughs> such a funny guy oh boy christmas I tell you what i love christmas so much i would just like to live it over and over and over again I know, all of these tropes that make it a bad thing, I just would not complain. For those who are not aware, tonight we are covering ABC Family's 1996 original film, Christmas Every Day, which sounds like a dream, doesn't it? It does. I watched it on YouTube, and some really stinking weird cartoon came on that was about like a repeating Christmas trope. Really? Some girl got cursed and Christmas was every day for a year and then everybody found out it was her fault and the whole town hates her and the dogs hate her and it was weird and awful. That sounds weird. <laughs> well, this, well, this story is based on a book called Christmas Every Day, which came out in the 1800s where a girl was cursed to live it over and over for a year. So maybe it was... Maybe that was connected then. That's one of the more unique short story adaptations of a day repeating I've read. Have you read it? Yeah, I read it the other night when I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't go back to sleep. Is so it was this technically a part of literary month or not? Well, that's the thing. It was not scheduled to be, but it worked out happily since we're recording it in literary month. So we're yeah, recording so I- in literary month, but it will drop on the first day of what's supposed to be horror or Halloween month, right? Correct. It drops it's October 1st. It. The only scary Better. thing about this movie was the acting of the Jonathan Taylor Thomas wannabe boy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Tom, would you like to give us a plot synopsis? Sure, it's going to be an easy one. A self-absorbed 13-year-old must relive Christmas every day until he appreciates the true meaning of this holiday. That sums it up. up. <laughs> I cannot stress the self-absorbed enough. Julia, would you like to give your history with this? Kick us off with histories of this movie. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like mine's going to be a lot like Tom's. I watched it on YouTube today, and that's it. I don't even remember knowing of this movie back in the 90s when it came out. So not much history with it. 
What about you, Tom? Um, I have seen this movie. I remembered so much of it, but I don't think I pay, actually paid attention to realize how cheesy and hokey it was. And I don't know when I saw it, but there was definitely a, hey, I've seen this before feeling as I was watching. Hmm. And then I watched it on YouTube. Um, it was it's horrible movie. quality on YouTube. Oh, it's horrible it's quality, but quality. it should say something about the movie that Freeform or ABC Family, whatever you want to call it now, hasn't had it taken down because there are multiple copies of it on YouTube. But I find that's a Freeform thing in general because a lot of their modern ones are up there in full too. Really? Okay. I feel yeah. like Freeform and ABC fa- slash ABC Family, it will always be ABC Family to me. Just doesn't care how to do <laughs> I did that was one thing I did love I loved all the ABC family stuff like the little ABC's family Santa popping up in the bottom window mm-hmm. oh yeah that, was, that was awesome I got I, super sad when they were advertising Harry Potter coming on I, like Chamber we watched Secret. the same one yeah I was like oh that makes me so sad because <laughs> they don't show it on there anymore do they nope they don't they lost it terribly sad to sci-fi yeah that's bizarre because sci-fi and fantasy are not the same. <laughs> Thank you. I have the hardest time explaining that to people, including my wife, who accused me of reading sci-fi, and I'm like, I don't like sci-fi. You like Star Wars, I thought. Eh, I mean, it's okay, but it's no, it's Star Wars is nowhere near my level of love of Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and mm-hmm. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> So I remember growing up with this film because this film was played incessantly on ABC Family. Multiple times a year, the primetime slots, like, you know, talking six, seven, eight o'clock at night. So this is a big part of my childhood, this movie. And the Jonathan Taylor Thomas wannabe kid, Eric Von Detten, was a big Disney Channel star when I was growing up too. Mm. I remember him in the movie Brink and the Dinotopia series. But like... Yeah, so that's where I recognized him from. That was bothering me, but I didn't find him interesting enough to actually Google it. Sorry, Anthony. <laughs> no, it's fine. But yeah, so he was he was big back in the day for my like for my childhood. He was in a lot of stuff I watched, and this was just always on. So this was always a part of my childhood, and I had I liked it. It was I've always had fond memories of this one. I hadn't seen it in years since um, I had to watch it on YouTube today. Because like you can't find it anywhere else, and the video quality was just awful. Mm-hmm. So I wish I got a better copy. Uh, let's just run through the credits really quickly. So this is directed by Larry Pierce, who did Goodbye Columbus, The Big TNT Show, One Potato, Two Potato, The Other Side of the Mountain, and Two Minute Warning. I don't know what a single one of those are. Me either. Me either. But one of them, <laughs> I think, an Academy Award nominated one. I, I think it's One Potato, Two Potato. It was written by Stephen Alex, who did Mysterious Island, ENG, and Counter Strike. And it was also written by Nancy Silvers, who did Chesapeake Shores, The Nine Lives of Christmas. Hey. Giving Day Parade and Home Wow. Bike. I know one of those. I know. <laughs> it was a podcast. and uh in terms of our cast eric von detten plays billy jackson and he was in brink dinotopia he did a voice in recess it's on the show so weird in the movie escape from which mountain he was the jockey boyfriend in the princess diaries yeah that's where i know him from sorry what he's the voice of sid in toy story yes was he he the blonde guy the blonde jock yes in the princess diaries yeah Oh, but he wasn't blonde. Popular boy. So, yeah. So he was a big 90s actor for like child film. Child. Anybody know where he is today? Uh, No. He looks the same, though. Robert Hayes played Henry Jackson. And uh, 
he was in Airplane and Airplane 2, both of which I love. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> Angie Starman. And he did You've the never voice. seen the Airplane movies? <sighs> and he did the voice of Tony Stark in Iron Man and Spider-Man, the cartoons. And he was also in Homeward Bound 1 and 2. He was a dad. And Homeward Bound 1 is like one of my favorite childhood movies. Mm. That is and- my favorite childhood movie. The end of that movie still brings me to tears when that dog comes limping out of the forest and starts running toward his boy. My boy, my boy. I'm like, oh. So he was a dad. He's such a good dad. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's the dad. (laughs) And every time he's the dad, it's the same type of dad. It's a good, yeah. Like you could have plucked the dad from Homeward Bound into this movie or vice versa. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's so funny that he did Airplane because it is so different from the dad. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta watch Airplane, Tom. Absolutely. Florence Henderson speaking jive. (laughs) <laughs> is one of the best movie moments in the history of movies. So Bess Armstrong plays Molly Jackson, who's uh, she's known for The Four Seasons, High Road to China, Jaws 3D, Nothing in Common, and My So-Called Life. Kristen got really excited when she saw her. I guess she plays Claire Dane's mom in My So-Called Life. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. Were you a fan, she's Julia? She's a good mom, too. Um, not consistently, no, but every episode I caught, I liked Cool. I want to go back and watch it all. We started it, but have not finished. Because like it, it wasn't good, or uh, it was it was good. Christine had a big crush on Jared Leto in that mo- show. Oh, because he's beautiful. Something Caston. I can't remember what his name is now. Hmm. Anyway, he was. She was a big fan of him. So Yvonne Zima plays Sarah Jackson, and she's done nothing other than The Young and the Restless. And I'm just going to say right now, she is unequivocally the worst actor in this film. What do you mean nothing other than Young and the Restless? I'm a huge Young and the Restless fan. (laughs) (laughs) I was more of a General Hospital fan. (laughs) (laughs) I'll throw out the word days of our lives, and I think I just hit every soap opera I've ever, I know of. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Robert Curtis Brown played David Jackson, the uncle, and he's in The Handmaid's Tale. He's in Switched at Birth, and he just has a bunch of other TV guest roles. Huh. Uh, Robin Riker plays Carolyn Jackson, and she's an alligator, brother, shaky ground, Thunder Alley, The Gregory Hines Show, Get a Life, and The Bold and the Beautiful. So another soap opera person. Mm-hmm. Which made sense to me when I rewatched this again today. She looks like one of those soap stars. Yeah, her face was very recognizable to me. I thought she was the stepmom in the original Parent Trap at first. You know, well, not the stepmom, but the girlfriend. Yeah, the girlfriend who's going to be the stepmom. I looked it up. Yeah, she looks, but she looks like her. She just looks like everybody else. Pretty much. Um, Julia Whelan plays J.C. Jackson, and she was in Once Again and Again, The Secret Life of Zoe and Fading of the Cries. And Terrence Courier plays Mr. Charmers, uh, and he's just had a bunch of TV guest roles. That's the neighbor, right? That's the neighbor, yeah. Who okay. hates Christmas, but then doesn't hate Christmas. Yeah, that and they're the only ones in this film really worth mentioning, except for the old lady, but I didn't even catch her name, and I don't even think she's listed on IMDb. So. Oh. I wasn't terribly impressed with her character. The old woman? <laughs> yeah. I liked uh, how that ended with her. 
Oh, and meeting Mr. Charmers at the party. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was very that was sweet. Yeah, because that's going to work out. He's going to really want to marry a crazy cat lady who eats cat food. Uh, she eats tuna. <laughs> thinks it's cat food. She thinks she's eating cat food. <laughs> Just because the dad changes the label. We're jumping ahead. So, before, yeah. <laughs> Julia, you want to tell us a little bit about the short story first before we get into the film? Yeah, so the short story kind of surprised me a little bit because it's all about a girl, a little girl who wishes for it to be Christmas every day. But it's not that she wakes up the next day and only she realizes it's Christmas every day. Like literally everybody realizes it's Christmas again every day. And it's like they're forced into doing the Christmas things every day for an entire year. She even talks about how it's the 4th of July, but people have to have a tree and give gifts. And it gets to a point where the forests are depleted because everybody has to cut down a Christmas tree every day. And turkeys have gone extinct because everybody has to grab one and cook one every day. And like, okay. <laughs> it, it went it went off the, the rails weird, real the fast. The weird thing on YouTube was definitely based on that then. Okay. See, wasn't that odd though? I it mean, we're like, so used like to... Everybody was yeah. so cognizant of the fact that it was Christmas. Yeah. Like in this, and you it, know, in this and... Very uh, dark. The movie, which shall not be named because it never made it to our uh, episode, even though we recorded it. Um, <laughs> only, only our protagonist knows it's Christmas every day. Right. And, and that's else in thinks, most of these groundhog things, that groundhog yeah. Christmas stories, only the protagonist knows. I mean, all of them. I can't think of a, a movie that hasn't stuck to that formula. The, yeah, the short story was weird. Real weird. Like, did, people get, did people realize the girl did it and get mad at her? Yes. Okay, yeah, they totally ostracized her for doing that, for making this happen. And like people lost their jobs because – people that were supplying candy goods and all of this had a, had a fix on the market and everybody else was, so it led to like poverty and malnutrition and like, wait, so here's my question about all that. If they all realize it's Christmas every day. So first it's not reset at the end of every day, obviously. No, no, not in this. Yeah. If they all realize it, how come they just can't say, you know what, we're not celebrating? Let's not do this. Exactly. That was how come they can't. Yeah, it was like they're automatons almost, but they they hate it. It it was bizarre. It really was. At the end of the year, the Christmas fairy that she had initially wished said basically, Boy, wasn't that a crappy thing to wish for? Isn't it nice when it's just one day and you can enjoy it like that? And after a year it reset to where it stopped. Sounds like it's a lost rank in best special. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) So what's funny is I read the, I read the short story. So I was expecting this movie to be like that. And then when he woke up and it was just him and it really was like a pure rip off of rip off of groundhog day, which by the way is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I was kind of glad because the whole time I'm like, how are they going to make a movie about this? It sounds terrible and depressing. Uh, I can send you, if you want to see what it looks like, I can send it to you. I was about to say we need to do that one next year. No, we don't. To that that cartoon. No. (laughs) I would love to see that. I'll send it to you, but no, you don't want to see it. (laughs) 
it's it's also like worse than Rankin Bass illustrations, right? Like worse than early Rankin Bass. <laughs> so then, Julia, what did you think of this film then? Um. So like I overall. had very low expectations. <laughs> it's an ABC family, you know. Um, but by the end of the movie, I was smiling. Um, it kind of, it really grew on me and it was cheesy and the acting was pretty awful and the quality lent nothing to it given that, you know, we said it's awful on YouTube, but, um, I liked the change in the main character. I enjoyed it. It gave me Christmas feels at the end. I'm going to jump right in because we got two comments about this movie on Reddit. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like sum up how I feel about it and kind of like what you said about it just now. So Disco 54 wrote, I'm not sure why I watch this whenever I can, but I do. It's got a weird charm all of its own that I can't find in any other film. Plus it's got Robert Hayes in a straight role. And I figure if I watch it enough, he might do a look to the camera like he's an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, uh, my favorite copycat is 12 Days of Christmas Eve, which I adore and watch every year. So oh, we got to put that on our calendar. Ooh, let's add that one. And then that Revit guy wrote, now this movie is straight out of my childhood. You get Eric Von Detten pre-Brink in a particularly odd and corny role as a kid who just wants to go to sleep on Christmas night and make his sister leave him alone, unknowingly causing a major Groundhog Day situation, attempting to create what he thinks is a perfect Christmas. Is it ridiculous? Yes. Will I watch it every year? You're absolutely right, Will. Nostalgia is a powerful thing. And then he mentioned, have you ever seen Christmas Do-Over starring Jay Moore? It was an attempted remake of the same concept with an adult in the main role. It's silly, but also has its own replay value. Looking forward to your thoughts on this. So, like, both of them admit, like, it's corny, Mm -hmm. like, it's cheesy, the acting's not the greatest, but there is some weird charm to this film, and I thought that was the perfect way to, like... I thought that was perfectly summarized. Well, since we're, <laughs> since we're pulling in audience feedback, I will sum up my feelings of this movie from Mary Hardy Heaton, uh, who said on Facebook, didn't love it, didn't hate it, a little on the boring side through the middle, probably would not watch again. I don't feel quite that. I, I, I'll watch it again. I don't know that I won't watch it again. I mean, if it's on, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. But Yeah. I don't rem- I don't think they show it anymore because again, like this movie was part of my childhood, and I did watch it every year, and I just haven't caught it. So unless it's on during the day when I'm at work, which maybe it is, because a lot of their older stuff is, mm-hmm. um, I never see it anymore. Do you not DVR Christmas stuff? Uh, I own a lot of the Christmas stuff that I would DVR. <laughs> <laughs> but like the old uh, freeform stuff that comes on during the day, you don't re- DVR it while you're at work. May give me an example of one because if you're talking about their things um, like and handcuffs and no I'm like Christmas every day <laughs> <laughs> well you know what I'm gonna do it this year so what okay let me ask you this what didn't you like about this movie oh, well you said it's just meh right so what was it Tom um Honestly, the kid was about the worst. He was a terrible actor with mm-hmm. his Jonathan Taylor Thomas fake hair. I really felt like I was watching a Jonathan Taylor Thomas wannabe. Like, everything about him. I think that was just a 90s style. I remember a lot of the kids being like that in the 90s. But let's face it. I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor Thomas made that, though, didn't he? he was yeah, the one on, probably. He was the one on all the Teeny Boppers magazines. Yep. 
He was definitely one of the more visual ones. Yeah. I made fun of my sister because she had his posters in her room. We'll see if she listens to our podcast and if I get a call or not. Like, why did you out me as a Jonathan Taylor Thomas fan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny is I'm pretty sure it was a year ago today we were talking about Jonathan Taylor Thomas's movie. I'm pretty sure it was, you know, we would have been about a month in and that was about a month into our podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I just his character the, the char- his character too this spoiled entitled brat trying to game the system for himself just felt kind of like that to me i feel like that's a trope in a lot of these movies the groundhog day type scenarios so not even the christmas ones yeah it's, i mean it really is like oh. a copy paste this one particularly was it's like a uh, you try to game the system and then you realize the only way you're going to get out of the loop is to uh in this case create the perfect Christmas and do something selfless for other people. Right. Or in this case, become a decent person somehow magically. That was the goal, right? That's what he had to do. He had to become a decent person, right? Yeah. Correct. Which is a very Christmassy goal. Yeah. And at least he had multiple days to do it. Scrooge did it in eight hours. So I wonder how, did it ever say how many days exactly he repeated it? No. I mean, I'm sure you could <laughs> count from the alarm clock well, I feel like silent it, night. I feel like they added days in there that they didn't reflect him waking up. Yeah, you know what too. I mean? Like, and, and that's kind of like with the original Groundhog Day. Harold Ramey did it, right? Mm-hmm. I think when somebody approached him about it and asked exactly how many times does he repeat Groundhog Day, his answer was like a thousand something, wasn't it? Like, oh. it was years of him for repeating. Real? Yes. Because wow. he said realistically for somebody to get to the level of desperation that he gets to at certain points that it would have had to have been a really long time, which I don't think this kid obviously repeated it that much, but I feel like it was longer than just what, eight, seven, well, he, eight. He long. did it enough to be able to uh, shoot that basket eyes closed from the side of the court. Which was right. very much like Pete's Christmas, right? Yeah. Except think, this came before him. I think Pete's Christmas must have gotten, had some, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. They, Pete's Christmas probably had a little influence from this movie. Yeah. And they, I mean, they all in, get influenced from Groundhog Day. Well, apparently Groundhog Day gets influenced from Christmas Everyday Short Story. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe since we love Groundhog Day, that could be our bonus February episode for Groundhog Day. Oh, that's a good idea. I love that movie so much. So I really enjoyed his frustration at that one part where he's narrating the nativity scene at church and he's just like, and then the shepherds came <laughs> again. 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 <laughs> I really like that. That made me laugh because I feel like, again, if you're being, for- again, if you're being forced to relive that moment over and over and over, like... Yeah, that seemed, I I wrote that down that I liked that he was scared. Like that first night when his mom is up there, he's like, I'm freaking out, man. And like paired with him being that volatile teenager age that the way he reacted seemed pretty genuine. Again, poorly acted, but it seemed like a genuine response. It seemed genuine to me. I liked that. It would yeah. it scare me too if I woke up and did that same thing. Like he was freaking out, but that made me laugh. I liked the things he had to do in this movie to get out of the time loop. Like the things he had to fix and everything. Like father and the uncle's relationship and how they were able to reconcile that in the end. How the uncle like was just him. a big baby. 
the you know the uncle reminded me of the poor man's um phil hartman yes okay, okay. so it reminded me of the very poor man's version of that some of the way mm-hmm. he was acting can you see that yeah it reminded me of the great outdoors with dan Aykroyd and john candy yeah like the super successful or posing successful brother yeah that's funny i can totally see phil hartman <laughs> oh, the dry, the brother. Okay, so the start of this movie really irked me where the brother comes whipping around with this mm. supposedly fancy car <laughs> and smash, you know, like who drives to a neighborhood like that? Like <laughs> he he pulls a Tokyo drift and then slams into their garage door <laughs> like it's no big deal. Huh? And then he whips out the cell phone and says, I'll have it fixed by noon. Everyone has their price. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um yeah, that was just really obnoxious. I did like how excited he got when uh, the kid, Eric, what's his name? The kid, the main kid's name, Billy. When Billy, Billy. predicted the exact outcome of the game, like he was <laughs> predicting the Quidditch World Cup. And, and, he, uh, <laughs> and he was like, if that kid's right, we can make a fortune. <laughs> it's all about money for him. That made me laugh. I, like, I liked his, how obnoxious he was i did not yeah i liked the like what you were saying anthony about all the good things he ended up doing for other people i liked all of them i liked the gift to the girl i loved the gift to his mom the art studio i love that he encouraged his dad to get his mom something and um that the uncle and his wife reconciled you know and neither one of them was terrible to each other and she got to help out with that older lady and i love the way that they all tied up at the end right i enjoyed that yeah that clock scene was cute yeah yep. it was really sweet it was very it was so sweet i felt like he I, one thing i will say i feel like he became like billy became a human throughout this episode right mm-hmm. yeah like <laughs> there was some definite humanization here yeah because Throughout most of, throughout the beginning of the episode, he was just so obnoxiously not a real character. Yeah. Right. So one thing I didn't like, I it never bothered me as a kid, but now the stuff with uh, him just forcing himself on his bully's girlfriend. Oh my gosh! Like, repeatedly. Uh, yeah. That was very '90s, though. Yeah. Like when like, I watched it, I'm like, yeah, I. I would have seen this happen on Saved by the Bell and I would have seen this happen on, you know, fill in the blank 90s TV show. I did like the fact that she slapped him across the face though. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But I also thought it was like, if he hadn't had that attitude, I don't know, that attitude that, that almost borderlined on rape culture, like where he just grabs mm-hmm. her and he's like, we're leaving. And she's like, what? No. I'm glad they made her a strong enough character to tell him no. So what are the things that annoyed me a little bit about this film and it annoyed me about a movie we covered and the episode was never released, so I won't say its name. And I kind of reminded, it annoyed me about the Santa Claus 3 too, is how all these divine intervention moments they're tricked into, <laughs> like instead of just it happening, like his sister tricked him into saying, it's Christmas, I wish it was Christmas every day. And yeah, that was really dumb. He got punished for it. At Pete's and in that move in Pete's Christmas, the last episode, which will be released one day, his <laughs> grandfather gave him a little box 
I think knowing full well it was going to trap him in a loop and make him appreciate things more. Well, I think they like did the same. I think the same thing happened to him, right? That's what we're supposed to have implied, right? And then the Santa Claus three, like he was tricked into opening the snow globe and saying the words, and you know, there's that Disney show where this happens, where it ends up in where the the Huey, Dewey, and Louie end up in the Christmas loop. Yeah, and Mickey's yep. Once Upon a Christmas. Mickey's Once, yeah, yep. Once Upon a Christmas. And they kind of get, they kind of go into it positively and then it ends in negatively, which I didn't like that either. Oh, see, I like, because they wished for it to be Christmas every day. So that I was, know. they brought it on themselves. Yeah, I like that. No, but they, they did it, but they did it for good reason. Like, it wasn't, they didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't like a punishment. They just ended up being, you know, these joyful, gleeful children. And next thing you know, bam. They're but punished. didn't they wish it for the wrong reasons? Like, yeah. oh, for presents. I want presents of that, like that type of reason more than anything. But don't you think that's just something normal kids do? Yep. I mean, probably. But they still learn something in the end of it. They did learn something at the end. So, so are, are we to take that Santa was the one who trapped him in this time loop in this film since he that's appeared? That's sure what it the, looks like. Sure, at the end, that's what it made it me think. Yeah. <laughs> What he... a devious guy. It seemed more like a Krampus <laughs> thing to do than Santa thing to do. <laughs> but it's what he needed at the end of the day, right? <laughs> it is what he needed. So I really like the ant in this movie, too. I like the uncle and the ant. I don't know. Maybe I'm like, uh, you know, they reminded me of New Yorkers or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, they remind me of Julia Louis Dreyfus and her boyfriend in the Santa Claus. I mean, in National Lampoon. Yeah. Yeah. I got zero Christmas feels until he started doing things right. I feel that's how it was supposed to be almost. It was, but like even like the atmosphere, I don't, I couldn't recall that they really played it up more at the end, but like I didn't get the feels until the end, not even from the atmosphere. Yeah. Well, for me, it seemed more wintry than Christmassy until the end when I started. But they still had like the carolers and they had the Christmas play and they had the people sitting around playing piano and singing Christmas carols that nobody does, but seems to happen all the time in movies. Uh, that happens. My family does that. Did that. Really? That's Your family neat. sat around a piano and sang Christmas music? We have a giant grandbaby piano. One of my cousins is like an amazing musician. She plays like 20 different instruments. Dude, that's rad. Oh and sings. And they had 700 versions of Silent Night in this film. I don't even think I was aware of the music, aside from what they were caroling. I was about to say, how could you not? They played, they were caroling Silent Night. Silent Night was done during the nativity at church. And what was the song he woke up to every morning? Was it, I forget now, but it was We Wish You a Merry Christmas or something or Have Yourself mm-hmm. a Merry Little Christmas. Happy, yeah, because I'm with you. I only knew the stuff that they made obvious. Yeah. It was obviously supposed to get our attention, right? Yeah. So I really like the scene where he taught his cousin how to ride a bike. That was sweet. It, it was very sweet. And you kind of felt bad for the cousin because like, her parents up until that moment until he fixed things when they were going to move away from DC and he was going to give up his megaplex thing and kind of move back Mm -hmm. to town. Uh, They just never had time for her, which was very sad. And Mm -hmm. she was kind of a brat. I don't think I'd have time for her either. (laughs) But she only wear designer jeans. (laughs) (laughs) Such a stupid line. I like the line when the food is burning, the pumpkin pies are burning and the ants like, it smells like Halloween in here. Halloween on fire. <laughs> okay, that was a scene I really liked at, towards the end when uh, he's pulling everything together and just kind of telling everybody how things are going to be and he just yeah. tells his mom, mom, check your pies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I liked that too. <laughs> that was a fun scene. <clears throat> he has to go to plan B. 
Yep. About the value mart. I liked that. I also liked when he first tells his parents that he's repeating every day um, and they're walking out of the doctor and the dad's like, okay, no Star Trek, Star Wars, X-Files or Goosebumps for three weeks. That seems pretty easy. Oh man, that seems like, like it would let's totally throw all the 90s references in. <laughs> that feels like a Goosebumps plot, like being forced through the same day ever, right? Oh, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. It's also an X-Files <clears throat> plot. Let's be honest here. One of my favorite. It's a supernatural plot too. He was <laughs> the same day every day. Yeah. <laughs> All of the greats. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know you didn't like it, Tom, but I did like the stuff with Mrs. Patrick. I found her name, the old lady and her dad and the dad uh, would send the groceries to her house and say he'd bill her later and because she was so old she always forgot and he just let it slide because she couldn't afford anything i really liked that i thought that it was it was sweet it was really sweet and again robert hayes just plays a, such a great dad like a, such mm-hmm. a caring guy with a drinking problem <laughs> <laughs> you've got to watch airplane tom you need to see it I can imagine. I mean, that would be a good Patreon episode since he did Clue on Patreon for the first time. Yeah. We can hit all the big cult comedy classics. So wait, was Mr. Charmers the same guy who was going around with the petition saying you can't come into mm-hmm. this town? Yep. Because, sure. because he seemed really nice at the beginning when he was in the store saying, I got everyone to sign this petition. You know, your brother's not coming in here. But then when you see him just next door, he's like, bah, humbug type guy. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was the same guy. Yeah, I always thought, I guess as a child, there were two different guys. But then I watched it today and I was like, oh, I guess it's the same guy. <laughs> I did like his line, though, when the kid was like, I thought you hated Christmas. And he says, impossible. Nobody hates Christmas. I was like, that's right. Nobody does hate Christmas. <laughs> but yeah, so does this movie pass the Linus test? Oh, absolutely. It does. For everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For Not just Billy. Everybody. Uncle oh, Aunt. Mom, Dad. Uncle and the dad. And the neighbor. We kind of see we see every character grow and evolve, right? In mm-hmm. positive ways. Before we move on though, did the sister not grate on anyone else's nerves? She annoyed oh my me gosh. so much. Her acting yeah. was not on fleek. It was such soap opera such days of our lives act. <laughs> Is that the one I said I liked? Yeah. Because okay, then I'm offended, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know if I needed to be upset or not. I didn't remember which one I said I knew. Oh, she was awful. <laughs> oh, and I didn't like the the ending was almost too abrupt for me. And I feel like a lot of 90s movies ended like mid-scene like that, where he's just shouting, no! And then I went to... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that so That's like it's such a 90s, 90s thing movie. where it ends... Mm. Mid scene, I hated that. <laughs> it was really hokey. His scream too. And yet, when the office just cut to credits halfway through, Michael's no. When Toby came back, yeah, hilarious. but that was funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but the way they did it here just did not work for me. Yeah, so I liked it. I know it's not the best acting, but like Disco said, it has a certain charm to it for me, and it's corny, but mm-hmm. I like that in a Christmas movie. So why don't we rank this thing? Tom. It's going to be tough for me. Let me look at my list. Hold on one second. Julia. I'm, I'm going to go with a four. 
two five. Okay, I'm gonna give it an eight point six. <laughs> what? Wow. Really? So that, that gives an it unexpected rating. A four point nine five average. Which we're which, all over on this one. Which puts mm. it between the Polar Express and Office Christmas Party. Right. I would rather watch either of those movies more than this one. <laughs> and that so that would make it the new uh number nineteen. This really made it into our top 20? That's you shocking. Know, the fact that Daddy's Home 2 is still as high as it is is unbelievable <laughs> to me that that movie is as high as it is. It's an instant that classic. whole thermostat scene. <laughs> I, I, oh my God. I was thinking about that too recently. I forgot to mention it in our year-long episode, but it boggles my mind when I look at our list and Daddy's Home 2 gets higher and higher as we start ranking other movies lower (laughs) and lower. And I'm like, how is a Will Ferrell Christmas movie? That's not Elf. I was going to say, he's our number two or number one right now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch end up watching the new Grinch trailer yet, Julia? Yes, I did watch it. And it's my favorite trailer to date. That's how I felt too. Yeah, for that movie. It gets me more excited to see it than I was previously. Yeah, that was my thoughts too. And my wallpaper on my phone is now also what your wallpaper is, thanks to that listener who stripped the text out of it. I can't remember who that was. Who? Outrush Outdoors. So thank you, Outrush Outdoors. That picture is such a beautiful poster. Like him and Max just staring up at him like adoringly, like a dog does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So speaking of social media, since we talk about the cool stuff we find on Reddit, um, we also have other ways for you to get to us on all of the social medias. Um, We have an active subreddit, r slash tis the podcast. You got it right. First time. Yay. Um, you can interact with us there. It's pretty, um, it, I think that's probably the place most people come to prior to us recording to get in questions and feedback after we post episodes. Um, but you can also do the same thing on our Facebook page, uh, tis the podcast at facebook.com. And we are on Twitter at tis the pod and Instagram at tis the podcast. And you can also visit our website if you want to see our ongoing ranking of movies. Um, and that's tis the podcast.com. So come check us out, talk with us, converse with us, give us ideas for movies. And, um, you can also rate and review us there in addition to the iTunes music store, wherever you get your podcasts. And that helps other people find our podcast too, especially as we get closer to the Christmas season. Or feel free to be like our podcast listener, Todd Killian, who sent us a message on Facebook just to let everybody know that he agrees with me about Mary, did you know? <laughs> and how he dislikes that song because of yet, yeah, of course, yes, she did. And just so you guys know, Todd is uh, our newest patron on Patreon, and he has given it a level. That means he gets to pick an episode for us to review. So Todd, oh. we'll be reaching out to you in the next few days to find out what episode you want us to cover, and we'll let you know when we'll cover that up, that uh, movie, or what movie you want exciting. us to cover. Exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. So you know what I miss, guys? What? I miss our questions of the week. I was hoping you'd say that. I miss that too. I have one. Do you Ooh. have one? Do you have one? No, but I was going to say, I think it would be fun to start soliciting questions from our listeners, whether they're about Ooh. Christmas or the holidays or just 
anything in general, we'd be happy to answer them as long as they're family friendly for our podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just throw them at us because I miss questions of the week and getting to know our listeners and one another. So, Mm -hmm. so I want to know what is the Christmas song of 2018 for your household? What song is going to be on the heavy rotation? What are you feeling this year? Uh, I, the little drummer boy. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. For me, it's Carol of the Bells. That one? Yep. I love it. Let's all do it. that Batman version. Oh. That, that was what, sweet. I heard that and I'm like, all right, this is the year of Carol of the Bells after I heard that. It's a good song. Did we try singing it in rounds? <laughs> <laughs> I, Julia, I was telling Tom before you hopped on the ca- on, on Zoom tonight, I really want him singing Rent as my ringtone. (laughs) (laughs) That needs to happen. I I was telling him when I was editing that Mickey's Christmas Carol episode, (laughs) Sarah was in the room with me. So I was was half talking to her as I was doing it. And she's in the middle of telling me something. And all of a sudden my headphones is Tom singing the minute left until Christmas. And I just burst out laughing. She just looks at me like, what is so funny? And I'm just like listening to our podcast. And she's like, you think you three are really funny, don't you? And I'm like, I do. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was so funny it really was <laughs> oh man i'd love a recording oh. of that as well for my i'll see what i can do <laughs> please please do um it's only three months worth of days you'd have to record entries for we can just change them <laughs> so Besides our regular social media channels through which you can um, ask us, give us ideas for questions of the week. If you want extra TISA podcast content, you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash TISA podcast, where for as little as $1 per month, you can get access to bonus episodes, um, full-length bonus episodes, we have a lot of good stuff up there. We have one on Hocus Pocus, which we're in the season for Halloween now. So if you're in the mood for something a little family-friendly spookiness, that's a great episode to listen to. We have our full-length The Office Christmas episodes, the full-length Harry Potter episode, uh, an episode on Clue, the 1980s movie based on the board game, which was Tom's first time watching it. And uh, we have a lot of great stuff coming up. By the time you're listening to this, we will have recorded our The Office Halloween episodes. Uh, so if you liked the Christmas one, you're, I'm sure you'll get a kick out of that. We have the Friends Thanksgiving episodes coming up, Christmas commercials, Christmas music, and possibly one in which we cover the Rockefeller tree lighting live if we can. So lots of good stuff coming up. So you should check that out. We are now in October, so starting next week, we have our spooky month, and we're going to kick that off with 1974's Black Christmas next week, followed by 1982's The Snowman, which is one of the scariest Christmas specials I've ever seen. 
Uh, and <laughs> now, not to be re- confused with the recent snowman that came out. Which actually could have been a little Cutie frightening for face. some people. Yeah, exactly. But um, now we, even though it's spooky month, we do have two in there that aren't so spooky, just to break it up a little bit. <laughs> and the snowman is one of them, depending how you feel about it. I mean, you might be personally scared by it. I don't know. But. <laughs> I'm terrified of snowmen. <laughs> I blame Calvin and Hobbes. And I have some more news for you guys. What's that? And and I'm gonna break it to you since Julie complained last week. I always got the good news. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna kick us off with some not so good news. We uh, only have 2,040 hours left until Christmas, which is only 85 days. 12 weeks, y'all. 12 weeks. Under three months. Really, 2,040 hours is not bad news. It's just the most negative way to look at what's really good news. <laughs> it's not negative at all. I just can't sing that in to the... <laughs> oh, that is a negative uh, then. I was about to say, can you multiply that by 60 and sing it, please, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, just for you guys. 122,400 minutes. Do your homework, guys, and we'll speak to you next week. Bye, guys. How do we lose? Yeah, I was wondering why you were like being super still and ignoring us. It's like multiplicity. He's duplicating himself. It's my worst nightmare. My boggart. (laughs) Ridiculous.